Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with a vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, let's Manifest. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Less Man a Feast. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Lysandra Rickards, co-founder and CEO of Soul Career and former CEO for the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship Caribbean, where she spearheaded the center's strategy, supported growth stage entrepreneurs, helped them with investment and raised funding for the expansion of the center's mission. Prior to joining the Branson Center, Lysandra consulted for the Ministry of Finance in Jamaica, worked at Bain & Company in New York City, and helped develop a global brand strategy for Caribbean conglomerate Grace Kennedy. Lysandra has also been busy with her sole career, which we're going to talk about today, how that all came to be. But before we do that, I encourage you all to leave a review, let me know what you think of this podcast, and then let Lysandra know what you think of all that she's going to share as well. So without further ado, Lysandra, welcome to Less Man a Feast. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy we're able to do this. Oh my God, girl, we've been trying. We've been <laughs> trying to do this for quite some time. Yeah. And when, you know, one of the things, again, that talks, well, that tells of someone's success is the fact that you can never get them. So I, <laughs> in full transparency, could not get a hold of Lysandra for quite a bit of time because she's been out here flourishing, helping others find their purpose while living in her purpose. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I think (laughs) the time that you had messaged me originally, I, around that time I did a webinar with Paul Brunson and Mm. my inbox got flooded with hundreds of emails. So everything just went down the drain as I saw sifted through (laughs) of interest from that webinar. Well, you know what? We have to shout out Paul Branson in that webinar because it has kept you busy. And and again, we'll talk a little bit more about that and how you've been leveraging your past experience in your current, well, to build your current experience, right? Also, we joked about this, but for those that are listening, Lysandra and I are trying to figure out, we think we are related, but we're going to figure this out because (laughs) because there are not very many records out there, especially not very many Jamaican records. And we have that in common. And I'm sure after we play this game of this or that, we may have even more in common. So have you played this game of this or that before? No, I haven't. Ooh, I love when I have a newbie. This is going to be so fun. Well, (laughs) here's the thing. This or that is a great conversation starter, but it's also meant for you to not think about it. So this is going to be the easiest thing you do today. All you have to do is say whatever comes to mind first. Okay. All right. So it's that simple. Ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. The first one, city or countryside? Countryside. Winter or summer? Summer. (laughs) That was like a no No question. (laughs) Working alone or working in a team? Team. Dine-in or delivery? Dine-in. All right. When sleeping, fan or AC? Wait, wait, wait. I want to go back to the last one. (laughs) My home. (laughs) You're like dining at your home. Okay. Dining at my home. (laughs) I like that one. I'm like a little twist. Okay. But what about the sleeping fan or AC? Oh, gosh. Fan for sure. For sure. Okay. A random one. Ninjas or pirates? Whoa. Pirates. I'm from the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, as we get closer to the end of this game, TV show or movie? Movie. All right, the last one. Mundane career or soul career? Soul career. (laughs) I was trying to figure out what is a Monday career. (laughs) The one that we don't have, right? Those are the ones we're like, we don't want anything to do with those. So career for sure, for sure. And you know, as as we've played this game again, one of the things that I learned about you is the fact that you do prefer to dine in your home, right? <laughs> and you prefer to work in a team. And I almost feel like that's very 
that's a, that's very leading and it's almost a very nice segue for the first question that I have for you, which is around what are three things people may not know about you? Oh my gosh. This question is so hard for me to answer because I feel like I put everything out there on my podcast, on my blog. So what do people not know about me? Um, you got to get to deep for the manifestors. <laughs> well, one thing a lot of people don't know about me is that I entered the Miss Jamaica World beauty pageant in 2005. <laughs> wow. What an experience. Uh, what was that like? Well, my mother always wanted me to be on that stage because at the time, Miss Jamaica World, the Miss World franchise is a big deal in Jamaica, you know, mm -hmm. and the training you go through to get on the stage, the walking, the speech training, the pageantry of it. Um, she always wanted that for me. But even outside of that, I have been maybe this is my thing number two. I've been on the stage. I've been a stage performer since I was very young. Um, so I was a dancer for a long time and then I was in musical theater and so on. So people always ask me, you know, why am I so, why is public speaking so easy for me? And if you've been on stage your entire life, choreography and performance and direction and all of that, then I think public speaking comes a lot more naturally for you. So that's an aside. <laughs> so beauty pageant. My mom wanted me to do it. I came back from Spain. I was living in Spain in 2004, 2005. I came back and a scout saw me at the gym and was asked me to audition for it and really convinced me because I'm short. I'm 5'3". There's no way <laughs> I can a beauty pageant. That's for tall, thin people. <laughs> and I'm short. So I was like, hell no, I'm not going to do this. But then they convinced me with the offer of a free gym for the summer. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have to pay for the gym. So, and gyms in Jamaica are very expensive. So I was like, okay, if I can get free gym, I'll do this. And there, and I ended up in the top 10 as a the shortest person that entered. You know what? That's, I'm like, I don't mean to laugh, but it's funny because you said the shortest person that entered, but I'm sure that you were not short of personality and that's why they loved you. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. But the person who won, Terry Carell, Terry oh, Carell won that year. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. That's how Terry Carell and I know each other from this year. We did Mr. Minka together. Well, um, that's the third thing people may not know about you. Okay, great. Now we I, have I was going to say, I'm like, you, I'm, I gave you that one. Technically, it doesn't count. You have to give that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Terry Carell um, and I did it together. And just the big personality. Terry's per Terry has an amazing personality, a big personality. So I think both of us had the biggest personalities that year. <laughs> awesome. awesome. And then, yeah, one more thing, if you can think of it. One more thing that people may not know about me. Well, a big misconception about me is that I am very prim and proper and prudish, you know. Um, really? And I think I come across that way in person because I've been very polished by Harvard Business School. You get very well trained there to present a very polished version of yourself. And it's very hard to step outside of that training in public spaces. But when people get to know me, I'm actually very fun on um, the life of the party and, uh, you know, when I, in my younger days, I was like dancing on tabletops in Spain, just <laughs> everyone on top of the table and the little bars and stuff in Spain to start dancing and so on. So that's my real personality. However, as I've gotten older in my ripe golden years, <laughs> ripe golden years, oh my, oh my. <laughs> I actually go to bed at 10 p.m. every night and I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. So wow. my party days are over, but I'm still very fun in my spirit. 
<laughs> you're very fun in your spirit. And I must say that, you know, while you're going to bed at 10 p.m., maybe during carnival season, that was not really your bedtime, was it? Mm-hmm. That is the only exception. <laughs> the only exception is carnival season. Um, but I went to Trinidad Carnival in 2019 and it was amazing, but it was overwhelming. And after that, I was just tired and like, maybe I should hang up my carnival boots. But the pandemic <laughs> has changed my changed my decision because as soon as life is back, I am doing the next carnival after that. You are like, I am on the road and I don't blame you for that. I don't at all. Well, you know, as we really start to get into you know, understanding more and learning more about Lysandra, what would you say your advice would be to 16-year-old Lysandra pre-dancing on tabletops? (laughs) 16-year-old Lysandra was still living in Jamaica. She was in high school at the time. Um, So, oh, my advice to her, gosh, that compulsion that she has inside to see the world and live in multiple places is going to serve her really well. Like, yes, go for it. Live the biggest life you have that you can. Um, and don't worry so much about grades. They don't matter after a certain point. You know, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get the perfect grades all the time. Have more fun, explore more, date more guys, girl eight more guys while you're young the best ones you meet when you're young <laughs> that's that's very true very very true right I like, i'm like i like that advice i'm taking note for my myself currently but yeah i like i like that i like that advice and i do think that it's important for for those that are you know thinking through where they are right now and where they want to go for them to remember there's always a tie-in to our 16 year old selves yeah because um you know when you are a bright girl or a bright guy you know when you get great grades etc you're funneled on this path of overachievement you have to get into the best schools you have to do the right sports to get into the right school so you're always thinking about the next step and the next step and positioning yourself well but your younger years are to explore and to have fun and to get to know yourself before you get funneled into this narrow track and that's the advice I would have given my 16 year old self mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and speaking of advice my question oops, my question to you is more so you know, your parents put you on stage at an early age, right? And you were exposed to a lot that many may have just dreamed of, right? They probably didn't even think it was possible for themselves. But now that you are fully thriving in your solopreneur career, how would your parents describe what you're doing? Are they looking at you like, girl, what is happening? Or are they super supportive? Oh gosh, you know, I've um I've definitely trained them <laughs> <laughs> at this point in time. Um when I moved back to Jamaica after graduating from HBS, that was the point where they were like, What are you doing? Stay in the US, stay at Bain, stay in New York, stay in consulting and stay on that tried and true path to the big bucks, you know, don't come back to Jamaica. So they were very shocked by that. Now, 10 years after that decision, um, they are more, they understand that I'm very entrepreneurial and very free spirited and that highly ambitious, a personality, I am able to do that but the core of who I am is very bohemian and very free spirited and a little rebellious. And so um, they just don't try to control me anymore. And they are more supportive now. (laughs) That's actually really good because sometimes I feel that even as we get older, there's still this innate desire for us to try to please our parents. Right. And we want them to be super proud of us. We want them to just accept us. So sometimes we kind of scale back on pursuing those um, entrepreneurial efforts or really living freely in our free spirits. We, we try to tame it, but it seems like you have done a good job with being like, Hey, this is who I am. You know, I'm doing what I love to do. And you guys get on board as opposed to you trying to get on board with what they may want and, and think about what you're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a very hard-fought battle <laughs> for years, I will tell, with lots of arguments, with my yeah. mom especially. And I have been writing a book for the past 10 years, and it's done. I just need to publish it. <laughs> but nice. my mom, what changed the dynamic between me and my mom when I made the decision to move back was that she read she read a draft of the book and finally understood who I was. And after she read that, she finally stopped trying to push me into this version of me that she thought I should be and really accepted the full self. Um, so I really need to publish my book, uh, hopefully this year. <laughs> you know, that's a pretty awesome segue because I was going to say, let's talk about your work now. Let's talk about the journey that you have been on as you are now fully embarking on your soul career. I want to know a few things. One of the first things is how did it start? What was that moment where you said, you know what, Branson, it's been real. It's time for me to fully commit to, to doing soul career. Yeah, it happened earlier than I originally had anticipated. And what had happened was I went back to Spain in 2019. I got invited to sit on a panel by the UN World Tourism Organization, which is based in Madrid. And it was a gastronomy, food entrepreneurship uh, seminar. So it was the first time in 15 years since I left Spain, which I think of as a second home, it was the first time in 15 years that I had been back. Mm -hmm. And the minute I set foot in Spain, I just felt like I was home and I felt life, you know, I felt life, um, food, the architecture, the art, the people, the flamenco, the everything. I went from San Sebastian where where the in the north where the seminar was held and I went down to Seville where I lived and I met up with my old boyfriend in Seville for Feria. We went to Feria together. Feria is like this it's a carnival. It's Seville's carnival during um during April. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just fun cuz everyone is in flamenco costumes and it's like a whole week of uh, flamenco and dancing and music in the feria grounds. And so we just happened to be in be in Seville during Feria, and that was amazing. And then we went to Madrid, and I just remembered life, and I reconnected with a part of me that I had forgotten while being a CEO and while meeting targets and, and pushing forward on the achievement side. I forgot that girl I had been in Spain, and mm. I found her again. And I just wanted to feel that feeling of life more often in my life, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get back into the old routine of work, home, gym, work, home, gym. I wanted to live, really live. And there was so much more in me that I had to share with the world, to express to the world. And I just didn't want to hold it in anymore. I wanted to be completely and fully myself. And when you are CEO of any organization, but especially one that has an amazing brand like Virgin, you automatically self-edit a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to just free the part of myself that I had edited down and step into my own mission in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, welcome back is what I would say. <laughs> welcome back. Because, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say this because so many times we do self-edit, we do you know, have all these self-talks with <laughs> where we start to t talk ourselves away from the things that we truly love, because again, we're so focused on what we're currently doing. And we, we want to be those people that are successful, that are creating such good impact. But sometimes we forget about the goals that we had, where we wanted to create the same or even bigger impact for others and to touch the world in, in certain ways and to see the world. I love the fact that you, you said it more than once you wanted to live. Mm -hmm. And some of us are just merely existing. Right? <laughs> and there's a huge difference, right? There's a difference between the both of those things. And when you start to realize like, wait, I'm just existing. I'm not living. There is something that kind of snaps in you and you're like, that's it. Enough is enough. Here's the rebirth. I am moving forward and I'm going to do, you know, what my heart desires. And then I believe personally that as you start to 
pursue and walk more in purpose, the universe, if you will, God, if you will, um, everything starts to align and things start to happen for you effortlessly because you are supposed to be in this place anyway. Right. So, yes, but it doesn't take away from the anxiety of making the decision. (laughs) I almost feel like it may cause even more anxiety because (laughs) because you're like, am I making the right decision? Exactly. Yeah. Like is now the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted to share that the way I think about traditional careers versus building your own thing is a traditional career is like a parent-child relationship. You know, you get shelter, you get fed, you get a nice predictable salary every month and you're taken care of, but you're in your parents' house and you have to abide by your parents' rules. (laughs) Now, stepping out on your own and building your own company is like getting your first apartment, you know? You don't know how you're going to pay the bills. You don't know how you're going to pay rent, but you are stepping into your own as a human being and expressing more of yourself in the world separate from that parental figure. So that's how I think about it. And a lot of people like that sheltered existence in a corporation because it's safe. You have healthcare in a pandemic. You know where your next paycheck is coming from. You know you're going to be able to meet your bills. And that has a lot of value. But... I don't think I truly lived until Mm. I stepped out on my own and did my own thing. And that means everything that comes with the living. You feel every emotion, the highs and the lows, everything. You're not sheltered from anything. At all. And let me tell you, a girlfriend of mine, we've been having this conversation of whether or not living with your parents (laughs) can be crippling to your actual growth. And here you are putting it in a professional context. And for some people, they may truly be okay with that, right? Because a lot of, a lot of people, they prefer comfort versus chaos, right? So they may view stepping out into your own, um, your own career or your own passion or your own solopreneur adventure. (laughs) They may, view that as chaotic because they're so used to the order that someone else has created. But then my challenge to self as to others is why not try? And if it really isn't for you, then at least you've done it. Right. But I always believe that there's power in stepping out when you're scared because sometimes you find that it's really not as scary that it really was all in your head. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have a little bit of a different perspective. I think it all comes down to your psychometrics, your personality type, Mm -hmm. as well as your core values. So if you have a personality type like an ISFJ, which is the defender personality, very loyalty, predictability, very important to that personality type, they get very disoriented by chaos. And that disorientation can be paralyzing. So for them, I often recommend to explore your passions as a side hustle, but keep your predictability because that's when you thrive in a more um, stable environment is where those types thrive. Also, if your core values are nurturing, safety, predictability, tradition, respect, a corporate environment is better for you than being out on your own as an entrepreneur. If you value freedom above all else, and a lot of people think they value freedom, but they don't really value freedom. Mm. You have to look at the choices you've made in your life to know if you value freedom or not, right? So my choice to pick up at 18 and move to the US and then move to Spain and then go to Harvard and then go to Dubai and then right my choice not to own a home because it's too rooted for me I can't be tied to one location my choice to not have kids early in my life to take a little longer like all of those are choices for freedom right right Right. but if you've made choices to root yourself then you should really ask yourself if you value freedom as much as you think you do if you do then yes step out on your own and give it a go and give it your best shot and if it doesn't work out you can always get another job but if you don't value freedom if you value these other things more then i would say really examine your appetite for risk before you'd be a full-time entrepreneur be do it as a side hustle until you feel more comfortable Ooh, you're giving advice before I even asked for it, girl. <laughs> girl, 
Lysandra's one step ahead of, <laughs> one step ahead of me. But this is this is exactly why I'm happy that we're having this conversation because there are people that are going to be hearing this, and as they hear it, they're like, "Oh, I'm ready to jump." You know, like I want to dig in and just do what I have to do. But then they hear what you're saying, and they're like, "Oh, maybe I should try." the side hustle before I make this a full-time thing because they may learn while they're doing it that they may not necessarily even like people, right? They may not necessarily like creating processes or streamlining things. They may not be as organized as they believe. So these are the things that I think, again, that happen as as you do it because that's the first step. The first step is to do it. Whether the first step is doing it by assessing where you need to be or where you would want to be or your personality type, or the first step is just get a plan. You have to do it. You have to take action. Yeah. And for me, the first step is really being honest with yourself about your appetite for risk, right? That is what is going to drive the decisions that you make, whether you try it for three months and run back to a corporate job or whether you have the staying power to build something on your own, especially if you do what I did and get investors and all of that. Um, So you have to just be really honest with yourself about your risk appetite and test the waters first if you think your risk tolerance is low. There's nothing wrong with that. For me, coming out of the entrepreneurship space, I think there is this glamour that's associated with entrepreneurship, (laughs) but I want to be real that it is the fastest way to financial ruin. It Mm -hmm. is the fastest way to bankruptcy. Are you willing to risk ruining yourself financially to pursue this passion? And if the answer is yes, it was for me. I was willing to look that risk in the face and say, yes, I am willing to risk everything to do this. Then go for it. If you're not, then think twice. (laughs) You have to think twice. And the other thing too, because as you touch on the financial aspect, I do feel that social media glamorizes is this a word glamorizes? I don't know, but okay. I'm like, it's after six by the time time people hear this. Um, But the reality is that social media makes everything look pretty. And I am so sick of seeing people that are on the gram essentially saying to me that they built a career in 27 days and all they had to do was buy this kit this kit that included a jumpstart page and the kit included, you know, like five steps to success and all these things. And they're like, you now can buy my kit and my kit will cost you twelve ninety seven. <laughs> and it's like, wait a second. First of all, let's take a few steps. Back. <laughs> let's take a few steps back. Yeah. I, I, I really wonder about what about the people that are doing this and how they are positioning themselves to make it seem as if they're truly successful because you and I both know that a lot of people that are entrepreneurs, they, they, they're struggling because businesses do not always um, flourish within the first year without even thinking about it. I believe here in the, the States, the stats are like between the first one to five years, you should plan to not make much return, right? Like you're probably not going to see that, true return on your investment. But for some people that see these posts and they decide like, oh my God, I'm going to start this business and it's going to flourish and it's going to, to be, you know, a seven figure business by the end of 2021, well, 2021 or the end of 2022, let's, I'll just give them a little leeway. 2022, they're going to have a seven figure business and they're going to have all these people signed up and it's going to be great. Those are the people I get concerned about because when they don't see that return within the first two weeks, the first two months, the first two years, they start to get depressed, sad, frustrated, everything under the sun. And they feel like somebody bamboozled them. But is it that someone bamboozled them or is it that they set the wrong expectations? So I'm saying all that to say that I do believe that a risk assessment should be taken. And then also a reality check. Because, because you got to, again, you have to have a real conversation with yourself, but you have to be real to know as you do your research that my business may actually take a little bit longer to yield the results that I truly want to see. But that doesn't mean I'm going to shortcut and try to get fast results, thinking I'll make the money faster. Instead, I'm going to trust the process. Absolutely. I think if you're going to start something, you have to think about 10 years, 10 years in the business. 
um, are you willing to do it for 10 years? Because if you are really walking in your purpose and whatever you build in the world should come from a connection with a sense of mission and with your personality, then, then you would be willing to put the pedal to the metal for 10 years of your life, you know, and make it a success. Um, and you should absolutely learn from everyone and try to speed that process up. But you need to, if you're willing to do it for 10 years, then it's something you should probably do. If you think you're just going to do it for one or two years and I'm going to sell it to Google and make millions of dollars, um, those are that those stories are 0.001% and they get <laughs> held up by TechCrunch and they get held up by the media as this is what can happen for you. But I would highly recommend you look at the 99.99999% exactly. likelier that you're going to be in that pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's so true. It's so true because I do find that so many people, again, they're seeing the hard work that people have done manifested. They're not seeing the hustle and the grind behind the scenes. Some people are very transparent and they will share everything to be yeah. like, look, this is not what, this is not the quarter I expected, but here are the key learnings. Some people will be like, look, the business did not go as I planned or as I thought. So we're closing and they're real with themselves. And they, they recognize that it's not a loss, but it's a gain because they learned something. But then there are some people I'm telling you, I, I see people inboxing me as well. And they're like, how did you do this? And what about this? And what about that? And my question to them is always, what do you think went into this? You know, so it's like, don't just ask me what I did and think that my way is going to work for you because we are going to have separate goals. We're going to have separate um, things that we're looking to accomplish within a certain time frame. Like we're not going to be the same cookie cutter type person because everyone is unique, but I appreciate you reaching out because I'm here to help you, to guide you, to be a resource to you, but I don't want you to expect Kim's results on, let's say, Shantae's project. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's, there's, I feel like sometimes that's where the disconnect comes because some people are, they're seeing, you know, you and I do things and they think that, oh my God, Lysandra Branson, everything. I want that. Mm -hmm. not, not realizing Lysandra spent years at HBS. Mm -hmm. She spent, yeah, you know, like there's all these other things that led to this particular moment where you are now. And that's why you're able to pour into others. But continuing to move the conversation forward and speaking of you pouring into others, what has this journey taught you about yourself? So we know that like, you know, you wanted to live. We know that your thirst for life was really one of the main drivers. And, you know, having come back to Spain after 15 years, the light went off and you said, let me do it now. But outside of that, what has this journey been teaching you about yourself and teaching you about others as well? Because you've been spending a lot of time mm -hmm. really, really helping others build these soul careers and really helping them implement um, processes and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I've learned so much about myself on just a level that I never expected or anticipated in the past year. I've only been a full-time entrepreneur for one year. Congratulations. <laughs> um, thank you. You're welcome. La lesson number one, <laughs> <laughs> launching during a pandemic is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never felt as much anxiety as in my life ever as much as I've felt in the past year. Wow. Um, the first, and I, and I categorize my anxiety in three waves. <laughs> the first wave of anxiety really came when I made the decision to leave the brand center. And I told the board of directors and as CEO, I had to give six months notice. So I told them and I left that board of directors meeting and I cried for three months straight. Like, did I just ruin my entire life? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was around October, 2019. The second wave of anxiety came when I decided to raise some pre-seed funding for my business because I knew that I wouldn't be able to give of my best self if I was worried about a paycheck. 
I wanted to give myself a runway to learn the business, learn sales properly as a full-time person in my business without feeling like I was going to lose the shirt off of my back. Mm-hmm. And those conversations with investors were going really well until the pandemic hit. <laughs> And I was just about to close in February and then February slash March. And then the pandemic hit in March and some of the investors decided to not move forward. Some asked for me to revalue the company. So change the valuation. And I had a lot of anxiety around whether I would close on my funding or not. And that I was just like, am I going to have to give up my apartment? Am I going to have to move back in with my parents at 36 years old? Did I just ruin my whole life? So that was like the biggest wave of anxiety. But as you said earlier, alignment when you're walking in your purpose, right? So everything came together and the money hit the bank account May 1, 2020. Um, Amen. Amen. (laughs) So that was good. And then I decided to, the main thing in a business like mine in a, in a course and coaching business is an online sales funnels funnel. That's how you get your clients in the door. I had tested funnels. I had read about funnels, but to really have that million dollar funnel or that hundred thousand dollar funnel, it, you don't just build a funnel and they will come. It is a lot of optimization, a lot of tweaking of every single solitary step in that funnel. And it takes hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months. So I hired this team, the sales coach team out of Canada, actually, to coach me on funnels, building the funnels, running the ads, all of that. And we launched our funnel and five weeks went by with zero sales, five weeks of crickets. And my funding is based on milestones. So each sales milestone we reach triggers more funding. So that was my next wave of anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, I'm disappointing my investors. They came on board, they backed me, they believe in me and I'm not showing results. This was six months post-funding, by the way, or or four months post-funding, but I put a lot of pressure on myself. (laughs) And uh, oh my gosh, this isn't working and I'm a failure. And this whole entrepreneur experiment is total disaster and I need to find a job and oh my God. And (laughs) dramatics. I'm very dramatic. I'm a, remember, stage, right? A stage. (laughs) So I'm a very dramatic person behind the, behind the polished veneer. (laughs) And and that was, I think, mid-August to mid-September was when that happened. And then October, November, December were were our highest sales months ever in the business. So all of that anxiety led to nothing. (laughs) Led to everything being fine. Everything being fine. And so that would be my big lesson of 2020, that... As long as you do your part, as long as you do your best, as long as you pull your weight, the universe will support you and everything always works out. Maybe not the way you think it will, but it will always work out as long as you do your part. Wow, that is a whole word. And I will say that what I'm gathering from everything that you just shared, again, comes down to the fact that again, you have to be flexible with the, the timelines, you know, flexible with the way that we think things are to go to really know that the plan can be tweaked at any moment in time because of the fact that alignment is key. So sometimes we don't realize that all the stress, all the anxiety that we're putting on ourselves later it's going to all work out. Right. But then when we start to adjust a little bit of like, okay, maybe it's not supposed to happen in this quarter, it's supposed to happen in the second. So how do we actually prepare for that? As opposed to being so hung up on the first quarter, things start to, well, stress starts to alleviate (laughs) or dissipate from us. And, and, you know, we start to be a little bit more, um, well, not well, no, not well, because as entrepreneurs, I'm, I'm sure that you're never really thinking like, okay, that's one thing that I can take off my plate and I feel so good about it. It's probably going to be something else that you, you add on as something comes off. But what I'm really saying is that by being flexible, you allow yourself the grace to know that everything is going to work out. Yeah. I love the way you put it because the way I think about it is just 
it doesn't make sense to worry. Like worry serves no purpose. Worry does not change the outcome. Action changes the outcome, right? right? And for me, I take better actions and make better decisions when I'm calm. So this year, 2021, I have really stepped into a space of trust and calm that everything is going to work out better than I expected. And I'm just going to work my plan because I'm a big planner, work my plan, and I know that it will all work out. The other thing I will say is that when... When I was in this state of anxiety, um, that state of anxiety comes from me not trusting myself, me not trusting that things will work out, and me not... It it comes from a place, even though I wouldn't call it these words, a place of not enough or good enough in some extent. And then I look step back from that. And I'm like, Lissandra, how can you think you're not good enough to run this business? How the hell can you think that? That's imposter syndrome at its best. That is imposter syndrome at its Um, best. Gosh, I'm having a hard time with that word because I didn't feel like an imposter. I this type of business model is something that I've been thinking about for a decade and something that I've wanted to launch for a decade. I more just felt like I didn't know how to sell. I guess maybe that's where the imposter syndrome is. And I wasn't learning fast enough, but then I would take a step back and look at my customers, my clients. Mm -hmm. I did about 50 clients last year and from Uber, from Accenture, from Deloitte, from Microsoft, from Citibank. And they are all raving fans of the product. So my product is transformative. My clients are raving fans that we're all like a big family still. They check in with me. They tell me what's happening. So that level of success that I had with the clients, I was not valuing it enough because I was so focused on the sales target that I needed to meet. Mm-hmm. So it's flexibility is one of the words, but it's this expansion of focus. Mm. of focus from just this narrow thing that may not be working in the exact time frame that you're trying to make it work into looking at everything that is working and realizing that, yes, I'm on the right track. Let me just keep going. Man, I'm going to have a whole yoga session after this because this conversation is so zen and comfortable. confirming as well as relaxing. It's relaxing my nerves. So thank you because (laughs) there's so much that we think of um, and a lot that we put on ourselves and we don't realize that, again, like you said, worry doesn't really change anything. Action in the plan does. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, like let's put worry to the back burner and let's really hone in on actioning those goals and, and checking and crossing those milestones off of our list. Well, as we do that, I'm like, one of the milestones that I had for this month was to record this podcast with you. So check. (laughs) (laughs) And as we get to, you know, start to wind down and wrap our time together, my last question, well, second to last question is, you know, now that we know to test our risk appetites, we know to ask ourselves, are we willing to do this for 10 years? Outside of that, what is your advice for listeners pursuing their soul career and for those that are still on the fence? (laughs) Well, first I would say a career is a vehicle through which you exchange your time, your labor, your blood, sweat, tears, your energy for measures of value, like money, like prestige and status and so on, right? That is what a career is. So a career can be, and and mission, of course, as a measure of value. Mm -hmm. So a career can be a traditional corporate career. It can be an impact-driven nonprofit career. It can be an entrepreneurial career. All of those structures are just the vehicle for us to exchange our labor and our talent for a result, whether it's an intrinsic or an extrinsic result. And in that vein, if you are looking to connect with your soul career, your soul career adds that element of what is it that you are on this earth to do so that when you're at the end of your life and you look back over your life, say you're 
99 years old and you're approaching the end of your life and you take a look back and you say and you see your life and you think yes i lived the crap out of my life right mm-hmm. that's that's what a soul career is it is you living the crap out of your life mm-hmm. and so you have to decide what that looks like for you and i always start with the, the self you have to start from psychometrics that helps you to understand not just who you think you are but who you really are underneath who you think you are for example i have a lot of people saying i value freedom i value freedom but every decision they've made in their life was walking away from freedom towards stability so then i have to ask you do you value freedom or do you value stability right take a real hard look at yourself and that's what psychometrics helps you to uncover not just who you think you are who you think you want to be but who you really are underneath all of that you start from there And then the second part, once you understand who you are and what you want and what your mission in this world is, the second step is to position yourself for success, whether it is a career or an entrepreneurial endeavor. So positioning matters a lot. So in a career, resume, cover letter, LinkedIn profile, all of that is positioning, right? In a business, it is target audience, product, the product market fit, value that you're bringing to the table, your funnel, all of that is how you position yourself in business. And once you get that right, the final, well, there are two more steps, but the the most important step that I'll highlight here is number three, persistence. Persistence, consistent, persistent action until you manifest the thing that you want to manifest. Most people quit when it gets hard or quit after they apply to one or two jobs and they don't hear back. Oh, no, I'm not supposed to do this. Let me quit. Right. The people who win are the ones who persist. And the last thing I'll say on persistence is there's this book by Seth Godin called The Dip, how to know when to quit and how to know when to keep going. And I say 10 years in a business because if you can make it through the valley, through the dip, through the the troughs of that experience, and you have that long-term vision in your business, then you know that you're actually doing what you're here to do if you have the stamina to make it through the hard times. Similar advice for a career. Mm-hmm. So that would be my, my advice, those three steps, psychometrics, positioning, and persistence. And that is how our program, the Soul Career for transitioners program that's how it's um that's a framework for that program Ooh, we just got a sneak peek into the framework i am i'm telling you i'm like let me just add soul <laughs> career <laughs> to, to the plans for 2021 this has been truly awesome and i appreciate you for sharing that especially again as people may be listening and they're on the fence You've given them some things to think about and you have given those that are currently pursuing their soul careers a lot to think on or um, <laughs> think about as well. So my last question for you is what are you manifesting? Hmm. Ah, I have two words. Should I share them on this podcast or not? <laughs> I'm like, girl, we're here to check on you to make sure those manifestations came through. So share on. Okay, so my intention for 2021 and really for 2022, um, last year and this year and probably in the next year too, is I am effortlessly abundant in wealth and in love, Hmm. right? So that is my intention. So the effortless piece doesn't mean that there is no effort, doesn't mean that there's no work, but it feels effortless, right? Mm -hmm. Abundance, of course, we all know what that means, wealth. So I would like Soul Career to become a million dollar company. I would like to become a millionaire myself. And the way I think about millionaire mindset is you attract the value that you create in the world. So I would like to create tens of millions of dollars of value in the world and extract a couple million for myself. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, love. One of the reasons I stepped away from the corporate career path was um, was to give myself more space to to focus on a part of my life that I haven't given enough attention to, mm-hmm. which is creating my own family, finding my partner, having babies and all of that good stuff. I was really focused on freedom, right? I did not right. want to hide down 
for a very long time. Um, but now in the past year or two, I've decided that I'm ready to be tied down a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm willing to give up a little bit of freedom to have that support system and and create a family of my own. So I would like, and I have been, I have been giving more attention to it, which I'm proud to say, and I will continue to do that until it manifests. And it will, and it will. I am so happy to to hear you say these things. I am supporting you and sending all the positive energy your way to see the manifestation happen for you. And I believe that it will because you are already in progress, right? So these are things that will come to you in time. And I am so happy that we were able to have this podcast manifest. And (laughs) I really hope that you found this conversation fun and you enjoyed your time with me. Yeah, this was a really free-flowing conversation. So one of, yeah, my most free-flowing experience on a podcast, I would say. That's awesome. I'm, I'm like, yes, snaps for, <laughs> slaps and snaps for that. That's amazing. And I'm glad to know that, you know, this is because you do listeners. Lysandra has her own podcast. She's always talking. She's, she's always the one on the opposite seat, right? Yeah. So, so to know that you are a guest and you do feel this, I am happy because again, I'm learning from you as well as, as I do this and as I grow. So this is opportunity. Yeah, no, thank you. Seriously, thank you. For- uh, Kim, before you sign off, so I didn't say my two words. So distilling all of that intention into two words, money and a man. <laughs> <laughs> the two M's, money and a man. <laughs> love it (laughs) and like you're not gonna get anything from me on those two because again those are the things that those are the things that if if that's what you want those are the things that most matter and those are the things that will the other m manifest so that's right i'm like so i'm happy i'm happy for you and like i said i'm here to support you if there's anything that i can do i truly do mean it leverage me, reach out. Um, This is not going to be the last time we speak. So for listeners, you feel free to reach out to Lysandra as well. Before you listen to the next episode of Less Manifest, don't forget to share this podcast, leave a review, connect with her on all socials listed in the show notes. We want to be supportive. So definitely drop her a line to let you, to let her know, you know, what you thought of her conversation, what you learned, what you hope to learn, or if you just want to sign up to help her with that funnel, (laughs) I am more than sure that she would be appreciative of it all. So Sandra, again, thank you so much for your time and thank you for sharing with all of us. Thank you for having me. It has been a pleasure. Oh man, girl, now I'm going to release you so that you can, (laughs) you can get some rest and you can focus on the next thing. So until next time, everyone, let's manifest. Thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family, share this with your friends, share this with your colleagues, just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's manifest.